Welcome to Security Nation, an ESA podcast that brings you the voice of electronic security and life safety. We bring on security pros to discuss the latest industry happenings, new technology, and best practices, telling your story to become the ever-present voice in an ever-changing industry. I'd like to introduce this episode's guest. We have Brandon Wilson, an account executive at RFI. Thanks for coming on the podcast today, Brandon. Yeah, thank you for uh, for having me today, Hannah. And uh, hello, ESA and Security Nation, and happy to be here. Um, thank you for the time just to kind of share my story. And uh, maybe I can start off with a little bit of background of how I came into this lovely security industry, if that's, uh, if that's okay with you and everybody. Yeah, no, that's perfect. That's usually how we like to uh, begin our episodes. Um, it is a unique industry where it is big, but there is this feeling, like I was telling you before, where it does feel a little bit niche. And so it's always interesting to hear how pe- people came to find it, come into it, um, and what they plan to do for the future of their career. So yeah, jump right in. All right. Yes. And I do agree. It is uh, It is. It is big, but small. Everyone seems to kind of know each other for some for some reason. And uh, right. you know what? We're all part of the same family, so I'm okay with it. And uh, I uh, I was actually born into this industry. Uh, my mom and dad met at RFI uh, 40 maybe or so years ago, and uh, the rest was kind of history. We, uh, I'm the only one out of my four siblings to uh, still carry the torch, but... Yeah, you know, I um, I became kind of enamored with um, with what security kind of brought. I saw it for the last thirty years that I can say from from my life at least uh, how it's changed from you know analog cameras to analytics that can tell you you know what color shoes you are wearing on Wednesday at seven p.m. or whatever it may be. So um, yeah, I've uh, started out <clears throat> just kind of around the. The, around the office being just the uh the baby of rfi i guess you could say and then <laughs> you know graduated to uh you know working in the warehouse and spending some summers working on the field helping out and then um after college kind of found my way back to the home front and i've uh, been in my position uh for about the last four and a half years or so and uh haven't haven't looked back so yeah and I think I'm here to stay for, for quite a while longer. As long as the industry will, will keep me, I'll, I'll <laughs> stay in here with, with everybody. So, yeah. And uh, like I said, I, I, I found this love from uh, mainly from my father, who, like I said, started this, uh, started RFI from the very beginning, about 40 plus years ago. And um, yeah, so glad to be here. Glad to be here. No, that's awesome. Not not everyone can say that they were born into the industry. So <laughs> thanks for yeah. sharing that. Of course. Awesome. So um, one of the reasons I wanted to have uh, you on the podcast was that um, ESA did a kind of like a social media campaign um, where we basically asked different ESA members, uh, well, we asked all of our members to share any uh, programs, charitable programs or services that they might be doing so that we can kind of highlight it and, and educate people so how they can get involved in some of these um, service programs. Um, the social media campaign was called Security Serves, and uh, RFI actually uh, joined this campaign um, and submitted the program that they started to serve and educate people about uh, 
liver disease. Um, would you be able to provide some background on this program and kind of how and why it started? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it started, uh, I'd say this year at the beginning of uh, 2022, um, speaking back onto, onto my father, which is uh, how we're kind of tied into this liver foundation. Um, going back into, like I said, being kind of born into and following these footsteps, uh, 20, this, this time last year, uh, in 2021, he was still the president of RFI. Um, we, up until this point, um, and I'm gonna go ahead and just share a, just a personal kind of story. Uh, yeah. so this point we hadn't quite been involved with any type of foundations, uh, as far as cancer went. Um, and this time last year, uh, we were not even aware that my father had cancer. Um, so it gives a little preface to how quickly things um, come and then go and just kind of the knowledge of, or ill knowledge of, of or not having knowledge of, of cancer um, or any type of underlying uh, health condition. So uh, coming 2022, right in the beginning of the year, uh, my father, uh, Brad Wilson, was diagnosed with uh, liver cancer. Um, and with that, it, his was found uh, within his bile ducts, but uh, the general term of, of liver cancer. Um, unfortunately, uh, my father did end up passing away and it was, uh, um, it was a, quick, a quick and swift kind of taking, I would say, um, for... I think we knew in total for about a week that my father had liver cancer. Um, so it was really sudden. Oh. It was really sudden. Yeah. From one Saturday of kind of going in right after the New Year's and, and feeling some health concerns, just not feeling right. Um, jaundice started to kind of come onto his skin. And so with, uh, with an external physical factor, um, the doctors were typically saying like, when you're coming in for something and it's already physically showing, um, unfortunately, it's it's probably at this later stage or too late at that point. Mm -hmm. So um, that's what kind of proposed him to go into the uh, hospital. And he was told he had uh, terminal liver cancer and um, the tumor was too large to be able to operate on or to do a liver transplant. So it was going to just be um, treatment at this point. Um, in, in order to get to that portion of doing the treatment, uh, they had to do uh, put a stent in to allow um, kind of fluids or just bile to go from uh, his liver to his uh, intestines and his intestinal yeah. tract. Um, so he's having a little bit of issues for the last few weeks leading up to that. Um, and one of the other concerning things is that he was going and getting checked uh, uh, regularly every six months for his liver because he had a uh, genetic um, health concern, which was which was coined a fatty liver disease. Um, yeah. And he was dealing with that for years. So he was already getting checked regularly, which is kind of like I said, what comes up with this concern of, of not detecting uh, cancer, especially when, right. when he's going in and, and specifically looking at his liver. So I realized through this process that there just really isn't a lot out there to, I guess, identify the cancers, even though you may be going in and getting your normal checkups and things of that nature. 
Um, mm -hmm. There's specific, you know, dye MRIs or, or different procedures or um, specific tests that are, that are looking for these specific cancers rather than just a general. So because he was getting uh, checked, like I said, regularly, and even when he was in the hospital for that first few days, they hadn't noticed uh, the cancer. It wasn't until they did a dye MRI. Wow. Um, fast, fast forward a little bit. Um, he got his stint put in to allow fluid. He came home for a few days and then unfortunately had to go back to the hospital. Um, the procedure didn't go as planned and um, he had a few other procedures and just didn't end up making it past um, those. So I had about a week, a week to know that my father had liver cancer and um, from finding out to um, unfortunately losing him. Um, the silver lining in a lot of that though was just, like I said, to be able to be a part of um, what now is, you know, the Liver Foundation and just kind of having my eyes open to um, well, life in general, just the shortness of it, but just that there's so many people that are affected by uh, not only just liver cancer, but just cancer in general and other health, you know, concerns for that matter yeah. too, but um, sticking on the topic of cancer, um, you know, I was blown away. My dad was someone that, that, that went and got, like I said, checked, was really on top of his health as far as um, just taking the precautions of, of regular uh, maintenance, I would say. And yeah. so that's why it was concerning to just, wow, you went and didn't even know that she had this, this cancer. And that's kind of what, what's been, um, what's been kind of the driving factor to starting and donating and starting some of this fundraising toward the liver foundation was just to kind of help people become aware, um, one to become aware, but two, to hopefully help the cause of, of being able to help the doctors or whatever kind of medical technology that's coming out to just further that and to find earlier onset detection, um, yeah. you know, to help any other kind of families that families or friends that may be dealing with things of this nature. Um, Cause like I said, I had about a week, I knew um, just to kind of rattle off if that's okay with you, Hannah, a few, yeah, go right ahead. A few small statistics, but um, during that they had told us uh, during this one week that and unfortunately, the, the doctors are, are brutally honest, you know, as they should be with you. But, you know, they, they don't they don't hide what the medical facts are telling you. And um, just in general, when you detect that you have uh, liver cancer, you know, it's as low as about a five percent survival rate. Um, now, that's now things. There's factors that change that on how clearly how early and what stages those are. But um, the general the general number is, is roughly around around this 5%. And unfortunately, you kind of don't find some of these things until something physical brings you in, unless you're doing regular checkups. Um, even with that, though, like I said, my father was doing that. So yeah. it's kind of like I said, we have a lot of medical, um, you know, advances in technology, but it's really not quite as where you and I would hope that it would be, especially being in this scenario that, that I'm currently in. So um, like I said, the silver lining was just was seeing, is there a way to help others, um, you know, and, and, and maybe give, give others more time than maybe what I had. Uh, and so by doing that, uh, RFI teamed up um, and started to do a, uh, a fundraiser. And um, part of it was during uh, his memorial service. Um, we had a 30 for 30 challenge at our work too. Um, so it was just encouraging employees to, um, 
to donate, to take care of themselves. Um, we have kind of a health app, so you can kind of get in certain steps and, and, and earn different things of that nature too. So um, just kind of promoting health awareness um, and, then, and then money as well to help the foundation. By no means did, did I start or, or do anything um, the, with the Liver Foundation. They were, they were already up and going, but we had such a big presence um, during this time of, of grief, I guess, as you could call it, that they reached out to us as, uh, as a few weeks progressed and said, hey, would you guys be you know, open to doing a, a liver walk challenge? Mm. And uh, which was also really cool because my, uh, my sister um, is part of the Montessori school program and she got really in touch um, with RFI and RFI and these Montessori schools kind of teamed up and so between, you know, the both of them, which was really a beautiful kind of sight to see, uh, we were able to, to raise over $55,000 um, just this year in 2022 toward wow. the Liver Foundation, which was really awesome and, um, and just kind of felt, felt fitting. It felt like a nice thing to be able to, to give back um, from what was kind of taken for that matter. So. Mm -hmm. Um, and in turn, like I said, I became more, more educated on, on, on all of these. Um, you know, I want to preface also the conversation that, uh, I didn't, I didn't quite go through with the, um, what I would kind of coin as the traditional sense of what maybe others or, or movies for that matter kind of show of cancer. Um, I thought I was going to kind of have this long line of, of a few months, maybe even a year's worth um, to kind of go through this process. So it was really quick all within a week. So yeah. I, don't, I don't have a lot of knowledge on, on, um, on how that process and chemo and different things of that work. And I didn't walk that path, fortunately, right. unfortunately. Um, but what I do know is that there was just a big, you know, hole of just kind of where did this come from? How can we combat this? And just things to kind of do. So yeah, it came, it came pretty quick, Hannah. Um, but like I said, RFI, which was really cool, and especially working here at RFI um, and my dad working here for so many years, I think the people felt like, um, what can we do to help Brad? What can we do to help um, his family? And what can we do to help anyone else that's, that's affected by, by liver um, you know, cancer or just liver disease in general? Um, yeah. and, and like I said, hopefully with the awareness of liver cancer, um, brings awareness to other cancers, um, or other health diseases or, or anything of that nature, because, uh, life is short, life is short. Absolutely. I hear you there. Thank you for sharing. I mean, oh, there's so many aspects of that story that are kind of harrowing yet also inspiring. And, um, yeah, I, I, I can't imagine, uh, going through something like that so so quickly but that is that is life as you're saying so many of us um you know we have a family friend who recently uh got diagnosed with breast cancer and it's extremely aggressive and um yeah there's so many unknowns and and also questions on as far as like how how can we be more aware how can we be better at screening these things um like you were saying so your your father did have fatty liver disease and so he was doing like screening. Uh, what kind of screening was he doing? Was it like blood work? Do you know? Or um, you said that it was the MRI that ultimately found the cancer. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. So I know that he was getting, um, yeah, he was getting blood work done. 
Um, that was, to my knowledge, what the regular every uh, six months or so, what his screening was. Um, mm -hmm. I don't believe he was getting MRIs um, done regularly. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, he was doing his other kind of screenings, like colonoscopies every, you know, right. months or years and, and physicals and everything he could do that was quote unquote the right way like to the go general practice right exactly and um but it wasn't until the blood work came back in in uh in december end of december that hey something something kind of seems a little bit off um mm. we go right into the new year this is very end of the year um we go right into the new year um he had also just had um his booster a few days before Christmas. So going to the new year had COVID and was thinking, okay, maybe some of this, this blood work and, and different things are off because of COVID, but still right. went in. And um, I think he was just hopeful thinking, but the blood work was, was off because the tumor um, was, was, had grown so far out now that it was, like I said, cutting off his bile duct and mm -hmm. the blood work was showing, um, his bilirubin levels really high and toxic almost um, because it was basically pinched from his liver down into his intestinal in his intestinal tract. So um, the blood work showed up different at the end of December. We don't know um, even till now how long that this cancer had been forming um, right. within his body. Um, it had been well before the December. It just was December when it finally started to show its face. I would yeah. call it. And, um, and then that, like I said, when, unfortunately, when it starts to show its face, as they said, if you're coming yeah. in because something feels off and it has to do with cancer, um, it's probably at a later stage. Right. It's probably at a later stage. It's one of those things where they say you need to come in for some other type of health concern. And then you, you know, luckily find, you know, oh, hey, there's some, there's some polyps growing, or this is a cancerous tumor. It's small. We can catch it now. Um, in this case, he was brought in because of the cancer rather than finding something out earlier on. And that's mm -hmm. kind of where, like I said, my brain started to really go in, in, in a lot of forward directions after he had passed away of, wow, like, I don't want, you know, 30, and he was 61 when he passed away. Um, yeah, in, that's young. Right. And so me being 30 years old, I don't, you know, I'm thinking, wow, what can I do to prevent you know, this happening to, to myself, you know, and, and right. how, how would I be able to detect it? And, um, I'll be on top of it because of, because of this past history within this family. But, um, before that, there's no past history of any, any cancer within our family and, um, on, on either, on, you know, on, on either side of, of his mom or, or his dad. And so it was really just kind of unique, like I said, and, um, that also kind of tails into, it's not necessarily, um, we were discussing previously that I think liver cancer in the past is associated um, heavily with, with, with alcohol. Um, the liver right. is affected with alcohol. Um, and that's probably why just people get liver failure or liver cancer. Um, in this case, it, 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 that, wasn't, that wasn't the case for it. Um, did, did my dad consume alcohol? Well, he wasn't abstinent from it, um, being being transparent with that. But yeah. it wasn't. It it was it was a lot of different factors all in one. Um, like I said, that he had a fatty liver disease, um, so his liver already, like I said, was susceptible to to cancer potentially um, right. opening up. 
And um, like I said, don't really know what some of the other external factors that were or were not present. Um, but being on top of his health, there was no, there was nothing else that was pointing in a direction of, hey, you're, you're unhealthy or there's something that could maybe trigger it. It was just kind of like, hey, we know you have your fatty liver disease, get this checked regularly. So mm-hmm. I guess what I'm saying is that um, even with taking all the right precautions and doing everything um, that the doctors had advised, it was still there. And I think that's what the biggest message of a lot of this is that um, even if you're kind of doing everything right or taking the right steps or maybe even abstaining from, from drinking in general, that doesn't prevent necessarily um, any of these types of cancers from forming. You know, as we discussed, there's, there's children that get liver disease or yeah. liver cancer, um, you know, that, that haven't had an ounce of alcohol. So it's not, it's hard to say what, um, why things are the way they are and where the things kind of come from. Um, what we can say is that they are happening, that they are coming, um, you know, whether it's children, um, adolescents or adults, um, you know, or, or elderly for that matter, it seems to be, um, a little bit out of our control for a sense. So yeah. the things that we can take, take control on is just awareness. And I think personally, that's what, that's what I became, um, you know, hit with was just how, how often this is happening, how many families and friends are being affected by it. Um, even the liver walk for that matter, um, when we had been proposed to do the liver walk and raise money for it, um, my dad was the liver champion just because of how much money that we had raised. And I knew he was, uh, he was looking up and, you know, looking down and, and, and happy to be the champion. He was a bigger than life kind of person. And we were like, oh, this, he would love this. He would love to be the liver champion. And so uh, we wore his, uh, his shirt and pride. But um, truly, when I was there at the liver walk, I didn't realize how many other people were there. I mean, a large component yeah. was RFI and supporters for my for my father, but um, there were people that were affected by it from, you know, parents of their past or donors that had donated um, uh, even a part of their liver. You can uh, donate. There was a gentleman that was there. Um, just different, different, different aspects of it. It doesn't even have to be a direct connection. And it was kind of a beautiful thing to see that, wow, there's a lot of people here in support and they didn't even they didn't even know my dad, or they didn't necessarily even have a, a parent that passed away. Maybe it was a friend of a, a friend, and so right. it was kind of nice just to see while oh, people can come together for a good cause, um, people can make others aware, and you know we're all we're all humans at the end of the day, and so um, we know that we're not necessarily going to live forever, but we'd like to do everything that we can to you know sustain as much life as as possible. So yeah, yeah, that's kind of been the been the journey thus far no that's that's great there's so many things i want to touch on um i mean i i i really i think it's amazing that rfi was able to create kind of like that unifying moment on that liver walk i think it's amazing that your your dad became the liver champion it's fantastic and you guys were able to you know fundraise so much money for such an important cause um you know and and like you were saying like I think there are a lot of misconceptions when it comes to, you know, causes of liver cancer, fatty liver disease. Um, and I think there is that, that, that association that a lot of people make or assumption that people make like, Oh, like fatty liver or liver cancer, that means that they had an alcohol problem or, or something like along those lines. But 
um yeah like we were saying before we we did the podcast um it does seem like it is something that is um curiously it feels like it's becoming more prevalent over time at least um you know when I've talked to my like elder family members they don't remember it maybe maybe there was just less awareness maybe that's part of the issue maybe they're actually is no change in the background rate. Maybe it's just awareness of the issue and the ability to share information regarding it. Um, or maybe there is, um, you know, an uptick. It's hard to really say what it is, but um, it is true. Like you were saying, uh, there are children that will develop fatty liver disease or liver failure, liver cancer, liver problems in general. Um, and yeah, there is no association with alcohol. So. I think there is so much more that we can we can learn, and hopefully, organizations like the Liver Foundation um, will be able to provide more education and uh, awareness regarding like where is it coming from? How <laughs> how is there a way that we can potentially um, adjust our lifestyles to um, like you were saying, we can't live forever, but maybe protect um, that health that we have for a longer amount of time. Um, yeah, and another. Yeah. Another area that like my mind went to, um, it was, uh, you mentioned like the MRI was the, was the test that was able to find the, the indicator of the cancer to begin with. And, um, that's something that I find in common with a lot of, uh, cancer stories. I don't know if that's the right way of putting it, but, um, not just liver, but what type of screening it takes to even find the cancer to begin with. It usually isn't found in those general screenings. It's usually a more, I don't know, maybe a specialized approach or invasive approach to be able to find those cancers to begin with. And what can be tricky with that is um, sometimes those, those tests aren't even covered by insurance um, or it's like, it's this, you have to do six things in advance before it'll be covered by insurance, which can be extremely aggravating. Um, I don't know if that was your experience with this or not, but um, that's something I'm noticing in people's stories. And we're not going to come up with any answers to that problem on this podcast, of course, but I think it is worth mentioning that sometimes it can be a little disheartening when you do run into those issues of not being able to discover things just because of an issue of coverage. Yeah, no, I think you hit it right on the head, Hannah, which is, um, like you said, it, it's, you'd like, you'd like it to be, hey, every, you know, when I go to the doctors, they're going to tell me, you know, everything that's either wrong or not wrong with me, you know, and mm -hmm. like a one-stop shop visit, right? And, and right. to be honest with you, before some of these things happen, and, and even being the age of 30 years old, it's like, it's not too far-fetched of a thought that, oh, that's kind of what happens. You went, you get your physicals done, you get, you know, checked by the doctor. I know you got some blood work done, you know, oh, nothing showed up. Right. Life should be okay, right? And and it's kind of, you know, what we see in movies and it's like, yeah, go to the doctors, get checked up. But like you're saying, it's, it's, it's one doctor, then it's a specialist and then it's this and then it's that. And then it's, and then it's a financial thing. Is it insurance mm -hmm. covered here? Is it covered there? You know, well, we can do this screening and not that one. And I guess the point of it is it becomes hard to kind of to, to be able to identify these kind of things, right? And right. on top of being able to identify it is how to combat it, right? So I feel like we're fighting for this cause of two different things of just wanting to be able to, you know, hopefully catch these things earlier. And then another, you know, cause of just how can we, how can we combat this or prevent it even maybe? 
Um, mm -hmm. Maybe those, those are two topics in of itself is prevention. And then also, you know, the post treatment and everything. That. Yeah. yeah. Treatments, exactly. So, um, and I think, like I said, with awareness that and all of those inevitably, hopefully will get, will get better. Um, it's just the, the paths to take hopefully as well, get a little bit more refined and easier because you know, like I said, my dad was doing the screenings and was specific with the liver as well. It just wasn't until um, injecting a dye into, you know, into himself and doing an MRI like that, that they were able to kind of see it on a, on like a black and white, you know, kind of as right. I'm picturing it on the screen. Um, and that, that, that screening would have never gotten done unless this blood work was at these levels of what it was, right? So right. again, catching it when it's already at the point. And hard, there is yeah. no return from that, right? So that's that's kind of, and with the liver in of itself, it just happens to be one of those ones that is a really low percentage, unfortunately, right. of survival. And especially, you know, staggering numbers, like, like I was doing some quick research, you know, before, and it's, um, even if you catch it five years in advance, you know, it's in a sense, right? Or it's so small, um, or even if it's removed, I mean, there's still only a 60 to 70%, you know, survival rate at that wow. or that it won't come back. And um, when you find it that it's localized, it's somewhere in this like 30% range. And then if it's already spread, this is looking at the three to 5%, which is kind of where my dad wow. had already fallen, had fallen into. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to, it's hard to say how, like you said, I wish we could cure it on this podcast of like, mm -hmm. The, the right answer, but at the very least, um, you giving me this opportunity and platform to speak, I think just one person watching this will make a difference. And um, and it made a difference for me. I I would like to almost say I wish I had been more involved or had more awareness clearly of this prior. Um, it took this kind of event to happen for me, but I know that some goodness and silver linings will come out from from it. From for either me, my family, or, or anyone else. And that was kind of the beautiful thing, truly, like doing this, raising this money, seeing the employees come together. Um, my dad was there from the very beginning. So he was a, um, there was a lot of love behind that, but seeing mm -hmm. them and, and seeing, seeing their brains kind of shift, you know, we had people retire that were not going to be retiring this year. There's different things. And honestly, you know, right. I, I found those things, although those are, you know, some, voids to fill within the company it's for the better like on a life um scale you know i was applauding them and i'm like you know people are getting the idea of hey this may not you know i'm in my 60s brad was his was 61 and um this isn't forever so maybe maybe i take what's important to me you know and of course like i said right. that's clearly got to be in the right scenarios and, and circumstances to, to to just retire early but right. we saw some of that kind of going on we saw people you know saying hey i think i want to take you know, a different route, you know, uh, job title, or maybe take a little bit of time off, even especially in these holidays, I've been noticing large chunks of PTO. And it's kind of like, you know, maybe it's good. Maybe people got the message of, hey, I should be around, you know, my friends and family or the ones that, you know, that are important to me, because um, it is yep. a kind of forever. So I've seen that trickle effect this year, um, which has been nice to see. And like I said, hopefully with some of the money that's been raised that that more than more than the money itself, but the message will go will go further and just you know help out in whatever way that it can kind of can. Yeah, no, it, it sounds like it already is. I, I I love hearing 
that uh, it seems like it was kind of an unexpected, uh, unexpected positive uh, symptom of what happened with your father, um, that it seems like people are kind of trying to embrace life in different ways, which I think is a really beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah, no, I think you said it perfectly. They, they, they are. They didn't take it in vain, um, just as I haven't. And like I said, seeing how many people have been part of the Liver Foundation for years, it's, it's, it's nice. It's nice to see that people kind of, you know, have dedicated their lives into helping other people's lives. And you know, this is charitable things, and it's I don't know, it's beautiful when things when it's selfless kind of love, selfless things. Um, I don't know. I feel like those are the ones that transpire kind of the most, shed the most yeah. light. You do things that you kind of, you didn't have to, but good things can come out of it. So. Yeah, it all, it all reciprocates and grows off of each other. Um, so based on your experience with this, um, and RFI's experience, uh, would you recommend other companies uh, in the industry maybe find their charitable cause, whether it be, you know, the Liver Foundation or not, um, do you think that you've seen enough positive results within the company and in your own personal lives that you would recommend, um, you know, other integrators and companies to to find something, find some kind of mission like this to support? Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, and that's the that's the beautiful thing is that it can be within the security industry or within the fire life safety industry or within any industry. But um, I would I would definitely encourage um, companies. Um, to kind of seek this out. I mean, they. I think the nice thing, nice, and and I say that with a you know with this kind of border of you don't. You don't necessarily want to necessarily find out that oh people are going through rough times, but the reality is that that is kind of the reality. And when you start yep. to open this book up, and that's what I saw was wow, when people are donating for this liver foundation, they have. Oh, they have a brother that's that has liver cancer right now, and and they have a, right. a wife that's going through that right now. And you don't know these stories until you you kind of open this this book, you know, up and or yeah. you, you know open this avenue up for people to kind of you know tell their story and to donate and, and do these different things. And that was the like I said, I say nice in in a in a weird way, but it was nice to see people share what's going on in their lives, and you can see, wow, I had no idea you're talking mm. to them no idea that you're going home to maybe someone that like like I said a partner that does have cancer uh, or you're going yeah. home to chemotherapy with so-and-so or you're personally dealing with it so I would totally encourage companies and industries to at least open the door whether if it's not for you know like I said the liver foundation some type of some type of foundation some type of um health you know care I would say just to because I feel like that's ultimately what um what's kind of, I don't want to say for lack of better terms, the thing that's taking us out, but it is the health, right? I mean, accidents yeah. happen, there's things that we cannot prevent on a daily basis, but for the most part, we, we want to try to control the things we can control, right? While we have them and taking control is a powerful tool um, yep. because cancer is really out of the control. Like I said, speaking on my dad or speaking on the 14 year old, you know, boy that hasn't taken a sip of alcohol in his life and why did he get liver cancer? Um, mm -hmm. You don't have control of everything. So you might as well do the little things that you can do. I would encourage open a door, um, see what kind of comes out of it, you know, and, and there's yeah. nothing bad that I don't think ever came out of, of, of charity and just doing things, like I said, to spread awareness, you know, affecting one person's life, 
you know, could mean the world, really. It would have meant the world for me. And not that it haven't, not that RFI didn't present some of these things, but it really took a big hit like this for it to really be highlighted. Um, and I don't think we'll ever go back to the same way in the sense of, I think we'll tr keep this tradition going every year, you know, onward. Um, I don't see why not. And seeing so much success with it. Um, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful thing. So yes, is a long drawn out answer. I would totally encourage any, anybody, any industry, even honestly, where we got our message out was a lot of social media too. That was mm. the beautiful thing is, is taking in um, these messages that are being, you know, passed around at work because, you know, the majority of, the, majority of us are, are, you know, at our or at our work or at our employment. Um, we're spending time with a lot of these people, but um, taking that from what you get at work and spreading it out to, you know, your other friends and family posting it on social media or on Facebook and then, you know, them saying, hey, I'm going to pass this so my aunt has cancer too and maybe we can donate. And just like that, you see this trickle effect, you know, even LinkedIn for that matter, you know, it's just, it just trickles down. So I would say just get the message out as much as you humanly can. Oh, that's fantastic. I, I, I appreciate you sharing all this. Um, I feel like I've definitely, this has been really illuminating and for me personally, um, hearing, you know, RFI's story and, and your personal story and experience with all this. Um, yeah, it really has the the wheels turning about, I don't know, like how I should, you know, look, look into this more. And I am sure our listeners will feel the same way and hopefully get involved in some kind of program because like as you said um really like health and life I mean it all kind of goes down to that <laughs> it's the only right. thing that um we have a limited amount of control over and have a limited amount of being empowered in and so the more we can invest in that I think uh is really important um well speaking of which I think we're about at time for the podcast but um i'd like to close out um by you sharing is there is there any way that uh, people who are listening can participate or contribute to um to the liver foundation uh, maybe through rfi or directly do you do you have any links that people can go to or anything like that yeah um i would say well besides going directly to just the american liver foundation um mm -hmm. I would say, yeah, get in contact with, uh, with, with me, um, or I can, I can share a few other different emails or, or that of people that you can get in contact with. Cause yeah, we do have links to, uh, to go ahead and, and, and keep donating. I know that we've kind of kept this, this, this open. I know even till the end of the year, we were trying to get past certain numbers. So yeah. Um, I, I don't have the specific uh, hashtag link on, on, on my brain, but definitely if you get in contact with me or anyone for that matter at RFI on how you can help, we'd be more than happy to, um, to send that link out. Um, we, have, we have shirts that we've, that we've made. Um, Liver Foundation has provided you know, shirts for us too and different things too to just spread the word. So yeah, any, I'd say any avenue you want. You want to wear it. You want to look at it. You want to see it. Um, yeah, come and talk to me. Come talk to anyone at RFI. Um, that's been kind of the cool thing is we've become a little bit more of, I wouldn't say experts, but we've become a little bit more educated, a lot more educated on um, on some of this liver health and, and concerns and everything. So, yeah, RFI, uh, we're the right people to talk to if you want to if you want to try to help. That's awesome. Do you have a, do you, I mean, it's completely up to you. I can either do links in the show notes, um, if that's what you prefer, 
Um, or if you'd like, you can provide your email or work number if you want people to contact you on here. Um, it's up to you, whatever you feel more comfortable with. But I think we definitely, yeah, would like want, want to take advantage of this opportunity for you know people who are interested in helping or contributing or, or learning more uh, to have the right avenues to go to. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, mine's mine's pretty easy to remember. It's it's Brandon Wilson at rfi.com. Um, just all one word, no 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 capitals or spaces or periods in there. Um, I and like I said, if if you guys can, anyone wants to reach out to me, I can point it in the right directions. Um, and uh, and get those right resources to you. But um, yeah, that I, I'm more than welcome uh, to to talk to anyone or to, to speak with anyone, send anything out. So yeah, Brandon Wilson at, at RFI.com uh, and I'll definitely get it, uh, get in the right hands. Awesome. Perfect. Well, thanks again, Brandon, for uh, coming on the Security Nation podcast. I really appreciate it and, and you sharing your story and everything. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate being on here. Thank you for having me. Thank you for everybody listening. Apologies if I uh, just kind of ramble, but uh, it gets passionate. It gets passionate. And uh, yeah, not and, uh, at all. My time. So thank you for having me, Hannah. It's, it's, it's been a pleasure. Oh, yeah, it's been awesome. We appreciate it. Um, I think we're basically ready to close out. So thank you, mm -hmm. listeners who tuned in today and make sure to subscribe to the podcast. We're on all the podcasting platforms and the full video version is available on YouTube. If you're curious about how ESA membership can power your business, please visit our website at esaweb.org. Take some time to schedule a discovery call with our membership team and you'll be happy you did. I'll make sure to have information about RFI's program on the show notes for this episode and make sure you have a great day, security pros.